0: Hey guys, and welcome back to a teen What you are with your girl, the hooligan how's it been? How's it going? I hope things have been going absolutely well for you. If I sound a little more relaxing, you know why it is. I'm on vacation and I'm feeling really nice right now. i listen to my parents ruin it. You know, that's another story, but whatever. Uh-huh. We're going to have good fun. <laughs> and vacation means I have been reading and relaxing and chilling and shopping and you know that mm. Mm. I'm, I'm acting a fool I apologize <laughs> but it's been such a long time since I've been this level of relaxed. it's low-key insane um, it almost makes me realize that I need to start taking more days off and I want to start fucking doing that from now on I realized that I only took two days off so far like basically from january till now that's crazy bro people need time for themselves and i'm a big advocate of let people have fun and i do not live to work i work so i can live you know what i mean like we all just need to have some good times right Ah, sorry i'm hydrating because i have to remember to drink water and i hope that that reminded you to drink water okay so i will be taking water breaks this is how it goes now okay so i have been reading books as you know as you know oh my god okay so let me start <laughs> with saying that I have been catching up on all of my BLs that I have in my um, account for a website that I will never name because if you guys ruin it for me I'm going to be pissed okay <laughs> so I can I'm no longer like I said giving off that information anymore sorry but because some people don't know how to gatekeep just a little bit I know that gatekeeping is quote unquote wrong, but sometimes you got to gatekeep certain things if you want to keep it alive. So let's talk about what's recently come up, what I've been looking at, what I've been reading, what I've been enjoying. So I'm not going to lie. Whoever's working on Perfect Buddy, get on that shit. Get on it. I like it. It's fun. I like to remote it. So please don't be like this, okay? Don't give me one chapter every, like, two weeks. Give me a chapter every week, please. I know. It's a lot to ask, but please. Needless to say, the story is being developed super nicely. Um, Like, it's so interesting. The whole stalker situation slash boss slash will he, won't they? it's giving and the art is so cute like why is it so cute anyways still keeping up on that i have been on that for like what a whole year now has it been a whole year let me see i remember i started when it first started coming out No, yeah it's been almost a good year i started in 2021 it could have been longer if anyone knows, y'all t- remind me, cause <laughs> I don't even know how long I've been on this story. Anyways, still on it, still good, still gorgeous, and I am still reading. When the killer falls in love, mind you, still the funniest shit I've ever read. Um, I just wish. They went a little, imagine, imagine a little poquito, um, un chiquitito con the smut. They need to let's hit the smut a little bit. Like the story itself is great and I love it. I just wish there was more smut. I know, I know. I write fanfic myself and I know that the smut can be a little heavy handed and they're just like gracefully sprinkling some in, just like a little crumbs, but I just want the cake at this point and i know how that sounds and i want to say that that was intentional <laughs> but, but no, it wasn't it really wasn't it's fine though it's fine it's okay i still keep reading because the story is still interesting and i want to see where things develop now i wouldn't have thought Okay, if you told me that I would start this out and I would really like it, I would have been like, yo, you're a liar. You're a liar. You said, why are you so lying? Pero no, I've actually really gotten into Shutterline. Now, is it normally the kind of story that I would go for? No, of course not. Absolutely not. But is it good? Yes. Okay, and I'm still reading it, I guess. I do have a thing for the I always thought like no I don't really gotta think for bad boys like that I'm like oh, it's okay for me I'm like I'm good I'm good Pero there's something about a bad boy who's doing bad things for good reasons now you got me now you got you got you got me <laughs> you got me Oh, and I didn't, and I don't really like blondes like that, but Korean M&M. You got this. You got this. Like, what? And, oh, no, I don't want to spoil this. I'm not going to go into it. It's just, it's good. It's really good. 10 out of 10. And, um, okay, oh, I'm going to talk about that one later. Punch Drunk Love. I'm still reading it. They just keep finding ways to make this funnier. How do you do it? How I need to go into this person's brain. Because this shit is so funny. And it's like, yeah, they have a lot of miscommunications trope, clearly. But they just make it kind of funny and believable. Because it's kind of like... <laughs> it's kind of like if Pride and Prejudice took a funnier route. Because a lot of the mistakes and a lot of the... the the miscommunication comes from how they perceive each other like they're not trying to fool each other necessarily like outrightly but it's just like how they perceive each other makes these miscommunications happen and I just find it to be very entertaining you know and it's very funny because it's kind of believable also I really really like the dude almost his name uh what's that guy's name he's just so funny fudge i'm gonna have to find his name oh i'm i'm the worst the worst jesus why am i doing this to myself uh he's the main character the black haired one eesh why can i never remember names for anything or anyone i suck oh i do that at work too don't think that i just do this for like stuff like i do this forever i forget everybody's name i forget my own name if i didn't fucking know it there you go um park sun such a funny man oh my gosh and loki he reminds me of myself in a way and i guess that's also what makes it funnier because sometimes i I can be such a stick in the mud when it comes to like working and I'm like we have to follow the rules and we have to be smart and we have to be precise and in my regular life I'm dorking around like this giggling and laughing behind a fucking book oh god I'm the worst it's it's a gemini thing it's (laughs) I don't think people realize how much of a hot mess I am if they know me professionally And vice versa, if they know me personally, they don't really realize how precise and anal I can be about a lot of little things. It's weird. It's a weird thing. But I really enjoy his character. Okay. So, okay. This is going to have to be an apology. Look, I didn't want it to get this far. I didn't want to do this. I don't want it. I Still don't want to do this but I'm going to have to do this. Wait, let me get it out. Let me get it. <laughs> okay, Jinx. Uh, Jinx the fucking one from BJ Alex. Okay. The time is 9. Here it goes. I knew they were going to find a way to make me Bite my motherfucking tongue, and they did. You, sir and or madam and or they, he, they, them, whatever you are or whatever you present yourself as, are an evil person. Evil for making me ship these two motherfuckers. Fuck off. Very well done. I despise and appreciate you in levels I didn't think was possible congrats (laughs) okay alright so I'm reading jinx as you know and we're up to like what chapter 31 right now Mm. so as you guys know I hate the boxer I do I really mm, I can't stand him for shit but I guess after reading him for so long he's beginning to grow on me. Why? I don't know. I guess it just happens over t- I guess if you traumatize someone enough they get with it. Okay. So here's what's going on so far. So our regular boxer dude is Very highly dedicated to his, you know, boxing and physical labor or whatever. And our boy ends up convincing him, hey, you know, just take the day off, right? You know, like, just take the day off and relax because you don't ever do that and that's like not good for your body. So, of course, he kind of takes it off because Dan said it. Dan is, of course, the medic, the one that he's. Uh, that he's he's been. Uh, I don't. Uh, they gotta make me say sleeping with. But yes, technically sleeping with. Okay, yeah, technically sleeping with. Because at this point, he's starting to get. Into it. I don't know if it's trauma. I don't know if it's like a body response. I just say he's not to get into it, anyways. I'm defeated by that. I'm defeated. And to this day he kind of realizes, oh you know, he has a thing for movies, so oh, he's an insomniac, and yeah, he's actually not waking me up at night like that. Like he's going out of his way to like at least be somewhat semblance of human kindness. Let's fuck off. Oh, fuck off. What's that fucking dude's name? Jules, uh, Jacques. That's the fucking mixed martial art guy. Fuck you. I don't care. Ah, oh, I don't care. I don't want to like you. You <laughs> already made my mind that I dislike you. And here from, like, until I possibly can still hold on, I will still dislike you. Yes, you're pretty but you're a horrible person and I will call it out every time I see it anyways so at this point he takes the day off they have a good time and it's just like they're starting to kind of see each other eye to eye in a little bit of a way like you know, Dan is regaining a little bit more of his confidence and his willpower. And he's, you know, getting prettier because he's eating. He's full now. Like, he doesn't have to stress as much because his grandma's debts are being paid off or whatever. So, he's he's kind of hunting up and up. But he's still being, you know, touchy-touchy and, you know, inappropriately by the asshole. But here is where they kind of got me. Because they introduced this Super pretty character, super super pretty character, Mr. Chow Choi, oh yeah, Mr. Choi, and he is an actor for the same company that kind of wraps um. What's that asshole's name? Joe Joe, him Joe, Joe, there you go, and so he works for the same company that represents joe and now it seems that he has kind of thrown his hat in for contender for the affections of dan and he's giving puppy boy vibes and he's really into him and he's not afraid to like shower him with love and attention and try to find any ways to give him gifts and give him little things. He's like a little he's like a little raven just like shiny thing take it. Oh this you might like it here. Here take it. And he's just trying so hard to get his attention and I guess motherfucker Joe is picking up on it. And he's like not trying to let that happen but of course our little Mr. Joe yes, he's home. Um, clever so he finds a way to weasel his way into getting some medical attention from dan by kind of playing at joe's like egotistical nature and dumbassery half the time so he challenges joe to a fight clearly he knows he's gonna lose but that's the plan so he throws out his back and as for compensation, he needs Dr. Dan's help. <laughs> and did I sound like a 80-year-old perv? Yeah, I did. But also, <laughs> no one's gonna fucking stop me. So, <laughs> I'm really vibing and living for them. Like, potentially getting it together. I... Dan deserves better than Joe. I'm sorry. He does. Can we just admit- Can we all collectively admit that he deserves better? Because I feel like that's only fair. I want Dan to be happy. I don't need Joe to be miserable. I just want Dan to be happy. That's all. He's a good guy. and He doesn't deserve to be under this type of bullshit. But yeah, so that has actually kind of turned me around and now I'm a little bit more interested in the series because I hope, I hope against all odds that that damn kicks that motherfucker to the motherfucking curb because no puedo. I cannot with that, man. I fucking cannot. Okay, and talking about weird love interest or new love interest, let's talk about... I became the lousy side top. Ooh, yes! 44 chapters in and it has been amazing. Okay, so let's review, okay? Because this is actually becoming a really, really, really good story. And I need you guys to kind of stay with me as I talk about this. So as you know, uh Siwoo is actually a human who wakes up in the story of a BL novel but um he you know he ends up being one of the lousy quote unquote side tops who's meant to torment you it's one of those like torment BLs. you know what i'm talking about the one where they make like the uk suffer like so make the bottom character suffer so badly like dan like you know like jinx but he's like nah i'm not trying to really play with the plot like this like this is not me I want to try to make his life better and he eventually does and then he ends up having a bit of a connection with um the bottom who's sorry I keep calling him the bottom <laughs> but um his story his name is uh yo or Yu. seal and you seal is a human reincarnated and then there's you who's supposed to be the bottom who's the, what who's the main character of the story so he ends up getting good with um, Yu's brothers and helping him out, helping out the family. And, you know, obviously through a lot of trial and error. But he knows that, you know, Yu is supposed to end up with the main uh, side, main top, which is. What's his name? Chiao Mugen. There you go. Mugen. We'll call him Mugen. But instead of Mugen falling for uh you he ends up falling for Co. and but at this point Co and you are very much intertwined and there's clearly a lot of feelings between them and it's just like amore vibes amore vibes amore vibes tu sabe but um <laughs> it's it's clear that they're like really good for each other but you know how it goes. He's kind of in denial because he feels like, okay, like this is not my place. I'm just a placeholder for the real savior to come about. But uh, that's not really what's happening. So Mugen wants to break Co from you. He wants Co. He's going crazy trying to figure out how do I get him away. So because you technically father owes a lot of money. To Mugen, he goes to Mugen. Goes to Sia with an offer, saying, "Hey, if you work for me, I'll clear out half of this boy's debt, which will help him clear it out in like maybe a couple of years, five years max, maybe. I'll help you clear out five years, basically like half of the debt." Um, mind you, Seal has already tried to offer you the kind of help to help him pay it off, but he refuses he's like, no, this is my responsibility to bear. And I'm not going to push my responsibility to anyone else. Plus, you're already helping me with my, you know, my brothers, my little brothers and stuff. So, I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you sacrifice any more for me. Especially since you're the one who cooks and cleans and takes care of us. Like, no, no, I'm good. So, he feels like this is the only way he can do it. Also, he's getting paid out of it, too. So, he agrees. But, he's not, like, an idiot. He kind of knows, like, okay, this guy's want something and i'm not gonna let him have it but slowly and surely there's a little bit of a connection between them two although ceo doesn't really get it and he doesn't want to get it so he's like kind of oblivious to things um yeah uh he starts kind of cooking and being a, like low-key a for mugen but this had led to a little bit of discourse because he's never, so he'll never explained to you what his actual job is. He believes that he's working in a supermarket or something, so he's coming home all dressed up sometimes and smelling of cologne, and so now it's kind of hurting you because you was like not sure like where their relationship really lies mind you he has a lot more free time now because they basically told gave him some kind of excuse saying yeah no your dad paid off like a good portion of the debt so now this is all you owe so now he's also considering like his future and like what he's gonna do with himself right but the whole time like he's also thinking like okay so i have my future ahead of me i can kind of go back to school i can do anything but he's like Do I want to leave? No, I want to stay with Sio. Like I, I want more from him. I want to date him, but he's not really telling him that like that. So, Mugen still feels like he has a chance. All right, he still feels like (laughs) se puede. That's how he's feeling. (laughs) I, I'm not laughing. I'm just like because this is kind of like crazy, but um, it is. It is like problematic, obviously. So, through this whole time, he's taking any excuse. Moog is taking any excuse he can to just have him around and whatever. But he makes one really bad mistake. Is that he ends up inviting him to hang out with one of his friends. Now clearly Mugen himself is dangerous. He's like the CEO of a fucking like lone shark company. So to say que no se puede joder con él is like really like a fact. No se puede joder con él. But you know there's even more dangerous guys than him. One of them being his quote unquote friend. Now, who is this friend? He is some like notorious bad guy motherfucker. Like, and clearly he gave me like creep vibes when I first met him. I was like, oh, this looks like he's over his head. What's his name? What's his name? Oh, let me find his name let me find his name Ooh. Bow, bow. Bow. oh right I think his name is Yun Ji Hyun and he's like clearly some kind of like rich evil guy and when he met um our boy CEO he offered him alcohol now we all know that was technically like a super duper lightweight like not even like a beer like no puede tener nada but he accidentally drank vodka thinking it was water so he's kind of like drunk as shit and he ends up finding himself in a position where he's sitting right next to yoon and he ends up pinching his cheeks or whatever and being like oh like why are you so mad like sometimes cheeks get pinched they stand forth like giggling it off because you know he's he's off he's out of it (laughs) and so now he's kind of like low-key piqued yoon's interest and yoon kind of asks rukin for him like oh can i just keep him and Mugen was like, absolutely fucking not. Like, I don't fucking know. Get the pasta, I'm Like, bro, no. Fuck you. Like, he's mine. Of course, you know, he's drunk or whatever. He ends up going home back with Mugen. Mugen doesn't do anything. He just lets him rest up properly or whatever. But when he goes home, he realizes, holy shit, like, I spent the whole night out. And so he goes home and to his man's, who's not really, quote unquote, his man's. And you ask him like, "Yo, like, why do you smell like that? Where were you? What happened?" Like, basically, all the questions like you know you would ask your partner if they didn't come home one night. And so he kind of tries to push him away. Um, yeah, Co ends up kind of like shoving him away, like, like that's none of your business. Like, I don't, I don't really want to be with you like that. Because in his head, he still belongs to Mugen. He hasn't really realized that the story has changed so much that he is no longer just, quote-unquote, the, the extra, you know, side top. He is the bad bitch. He is. Him. He's him. He's the bad bitch. He got the Badisi everybody wants. Um, But hopefully... That's where we left off. Like, it's kind of, like, awkward between them. And he ends up going back to Mugen's place to continue working. And Mugen's, like, being sweet. And I was like, hey, you know, just rest up. And just sleep with me. And it's okay. Like, we don't have to do anything. Just rest up. Because I care about you. And I care about your health. And so, it's, like, very mixed-signally, honestly. It's really captivating. I'm like, <laughs> It's very captivating, and it's sweet, and it's loving, and it's adorable, and something. And the beginning was painful, but uh, it's gotten so I've gotten so like emotionally attached to like I get like that when I read books. I get like very emotionally attached to like what I'm reading and the characters, and I do like it. There's so much to do with the story. There is, it inspired me to write like my own mafia um romance thing i'm not gonna talk about it but just just know that that's something i am actively working on i just took a little break from it for now to focus on uh, buddha from uh record director rock because that man came on the screen and stole all of my attention all of it all of it all of it <laughs> anyways, anyways, continuing sorry, sorry, I just got a little sidetracked don't know why, because I know that tomorrow I'm going to be traveling like an idiot, Ugh, whatever it is what it is so yeah, I've been keeping up with mainly those, obviously I'm still keeping up with um, what's it drama? Aang Aang, you know what it is the one with the big buff, uh, masochist 10 out of 10 for that one so yeah, some still my favorites among all of them, obviously. Uh, it just sucks to me that Jinx has gotten good. Mm. I wanted to hate it so badly. But kudos to this person because their art style is absolutely fascinating and beautiful, so 10 on 10 for them. Oh! Oh shit! Hold on! A new chapter of the Khans Yisu has dropped? Oh shit! Oh shit! Guess who's gonna read that? Not me tonight, because I have to actually go to sleep because I have to travel tomorrow. But tomorrow, guess who's reading that? This bitch. Okay, alright. 10 out of 10. It's on my fucking to-read list. Y'all. Anyways, I've been reading other things that are not online. That are physical. And so, let me talk about it. So, I ended up reading Tomorrow Make Me Yours. Now... It's a Tokyo Pop book and you know how I've been feeling about Tokyo Pop making it a comeback 10 out of 10 for them. So this is part of their love is love series and honestly qué bonito. This is precious. It reminds me of um, Maki and uh, what's his name? Uh, what's that BL called? It reminds me of Sasaki and Minayo? Minayo? By the way mm. Are you excited for that fucking movie, bro? Because I am excited for the movie to drop. I just saw, like, the animation, like, title page you released. And I'm just, like, stalking. I'm just stalking. I'm stalking until the fucking graduation movie comes on. Ooh. I'm waiting. I'm waiting with bated breath until it comes on. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Anyway, sorry. I'm talking about <laughs> the book. Give me a second. Alright, got it in my hands. So, tomorrow make me yours. Okay, so we got Yuki. He is a black-haired, beautiful boy with a uh, beauty mark right under his eye. And you know that that's one of the most prettiest like places to have a beauty mark. 10 out of 10 for people with that. Um, good luck to y'all. Y'all fucking pretty people. Um, anyways... So he's kind of a shy boy and he has like a little bit of a hard time making friends because of it. And he's kind of had this little thing this senior semester for this guy named Hayato. Now he's like the most popular boy in class. Like he really gets along with everybody and of course he has that orange hair to sabe you know what that means he's a little more outgoing a little bit more of a better boy kind of situation but he's not really a bad boy he's a good boy um so he ends up being approached by this hayako during class he kind of gets greeted a little bit and he kind of gets taken aback from it so um, he ends up going to go get a drink, and Mayoto ends up like kind of introducing himself, and you can see that he's just trying to become friends with Yuki. And so Yuki kind of takes a hint and kind of just tries his best to become friends with him as well. And it all starts over like a little sweet drink that he likes, <laughs> and then uh, this finds this escalates to finding out that hey, you know. Um, Hayato, he works part-time or whatever and unfortunately he also has like five fucking siblings and he just needs a place to study because you know, he's in high school, you know, he needs to study for classes, courses, tests and stuff like that, so uh, here comes uh, Mr. Yuki to the rescue like, hey, like, you know, I kind of uh live alone if you want to just uh come by and study and whatever but you know he kind of just ends up spending the night nothing happens obviously nothing happens but they kind of Both realize they kind of have feelings for each other at that point, but they're both still kind of trying to hide it, you know. They're trying to be like, No, no, like, Nunca, uh uh, not me, Joe, no, we're just friends, you know, like that, that that kind of almost, yeah, like that shit. Anyways, (laughs) a little bit of toxic, but um. So yeah, we're finding ourselves at that point, but uh, once they go out together as like just friends, still, uh, one of the girls who's actually part of Hayako's like friend group kind of tries to hit on like uh, Hayako, and he's told by his friends like, "Hey, you know, like, can you just leave them alone together?" Because she's really trying to put the moves on him or whatever and he's just not like not getting the hint so we just we're trying to like get them together so if you could just get out the motherfucking way just come just go with us go anywhere just, just leave him alone which obviously dick moves but they don't know so you know i guess so oh, i have to sneeze oh fuck and it won't come out oh jesus ah oh, excuse me So this kind of hurts him and you know he ends up realizing that like I really shouldn't be pushing for this to get this far. So he's trying to like avoid Hayato but Hayato immediately notices and he tries to get his attention or whatever. And eventually he does he kind of corners him and it's like hey you know what are you doing? Like what's going on? He's like I I gotta I gotta leave you alone because I like you and I, I don't. I don't need to hurt you like this. This is not right of me. But of course, Hayato admits that he also likes him. And so then they started dating. But then I get to see a little bit more about Hayato and who he is and how he can sometimes get jealous and how this crush that Yuki developed in his senior year. Yeah, Hayato already had this crush with him for a while now. And if you want to know more about their relationship and how it works out, Tokyo Pops, uh, Tomorrow with Be Yours by Kōkaroku Karukomiyama. Miyama. It's a 10 out of 10. Very pretty read. Very beautiful book. 10 out of 10 for that one. Now, I have a more confusing book. <laughs> and uh, it's... A little bit difficult to recommend, and this is why you should probably do some research before you pick up a book. But I don't tend to, I like to live my life a little bit wild when it comes to literature, so I pick books and then say, Oh, well, let's, let's, how bad I can it get? Um, hmm, hmm, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little problematic, so. Uh, let's just let's just hit it uh we have toro toro is a young boy who has been sacrificed to the monstrous r- wolf uru uru is the f- beast of the wo- of the forest lives deep within it it's like a man wolf kind of thing um And that's who Toto was sacrificed to as Toto comes from a poor family and he himself was a very sickly skinny child where they didn't really have much food and the parents already had another child on the way who they hoped could succeed. And so the village got together and they sacrificed him so he wouldn't be a burden on his family so he's has quite a bit of trauma because the sacrifice wasn't when he was a baby he was already old enough to comprehend the situation so he always knew that he was bound to be killed and eaten by this wolf monster but what he wasn't expecting was that uru actually cared for him and wanted to see the boy grow up and wanted to see him kind of go out on his own be his own person and uru who comes off as this beastly wolfman is kind of actually a werewolf but he tends to only take his wolf form around toro so toro can you know kind of have this little bit of a fear against him and eventually run away but You know, he feeds him, he clothes him, he gives him, like, even, like, cosmetic tree and, like, all these kinds of things. And he kind of watches this boy grow up, and he gets to see him kind of mature. He teaches him literature, writing, music arts, musical arts, etc. And by all intents and purposes, they live like a very cottage core lifestyle <laughs> like really with the seasons and you know they never really run out of food or anything like that he hasn't Toto hasn't visited his village at all ever since he's been sacrificed because he knows there's nothing left for him to turn to so ends up that one day Toru as he's like hitting puberty ends up seeing two mermen kind of getting it on and this love song kind of starts staining his head mind you he still sees himself he still sees himself as a sacrifice and expects that one day when he does grow up that uru is going to turn around and he's going to eat him as you know as the sacrifice that he is and but he's not necessarily afraid of it he embraces it and actually wonders you know why hasn't he devoured me as i am a sacrifice like is it is it me but uru always makes him feel appreciated and loved and kind of gives him a lot of parental love and this is why this is this is where it gets weird so he gives him a lot of parental love but of course he's maturing and now you know in his head he's like okay well now i'm gonna have to start letting him be on his own like scaring him and letting him fully mind you this story isn't in chronological order and we like he needs to you know start going on his own or whatever like experiencing things and learning things harder or whatever and at this point is where we kind of see that he you know he does transform into his human form just to take care of business when he doesn't think toro is around but at one point he ends up toro ends up catching a glimpse of his human form and he doesn't think it's him he thinks like oh maybe he's like a yeti or something i don't know what he is so while he's in his teenage years he kind of goes toro goes into the forest on his own mind you he had had he has had experiences with other humans but he doesn't really care for them too much. Toro himself he doesn't really care for them too much. He'd much rather stay with Uru, and that's made clear in like a couple of chapters in here. And he's one with the spirits of the forest and the seasons. So while he's in the teenage years, um, he makes some food, and Uru makes a comment of like, hey, you know, I would love to have like raspberries with this. So, Uru thinking he's like... Toro thinking he's like an adult or whatever. Like a young man or whatever. He goes out to hunt for this. And he does end up getting everything he wants. But he also ends up getting quite sick. And this is where he kind of starts seeing more of his human form. Because he's ill. And he, you know... Uru's just kind of focused on making sure that this kid is alive. And this is where we get the perspective of, you know... He's not just a sacrifice to be eaten. He is a sacrificial bride. But Uru feels guilty of kind of taking this boy away from his, you know, natural life cycle. But at this point, there is a merchant who's visiting, and he's like, you know, just have him already. Like, just take him already. He's like, no, because that's so- Udo's. Like, no, because that's selfish to stand and forth. I want him to experience what's out there and not just be here so he's like okay whatever like the merchant's like all right whatever so he kind of gives toro the hint and it's like hey how many some how many springs have gone by it's alluding to how much time has he actually been there and this is where we start finding out that uru isn't like necessarily a child he's been young for a good hundred so years and this, the town that he left, is no longer the same. And this is kind of where Toro ends up being like, okay, well, you know what? Let me, let me go, because Udo's like, you need to go. You need to experience things outside of here. I, I don't want you to stay out of not knowing, in a way. So he goes and he experiences life and he makes a great impact on like the, the world below and then he inevitably returns to stay and it's like like there's a lot of like weird sexual tension and the way that it's drawn it's definitely like if you're a, a monster effer like you can see it um but <laughs> it's weird because it's a, it's a complicated ish type of story like It's definitely not for everyone and I understand if this would make people feel a little bit unsettled because he does kind of know him as a child and kind of raises him so it's kind of weird like that. But also, it's a fairy tale so, you know, whatever. (laughs) That's what I say when it's a fairy tale. It's like, okay, well, you're gonna have to just go with it. But I did find it to be very well illustrated and... It was definitely pretty it was definitely a very pretty story in a way so if you are interested then go ahead and read why won't you eat me dear wolf by Ayo Koshikawa all right and with that I'm saying bye it's been a long episode I know <laughs> better luck next time